0: weather reporters or the Pet Chat crew, as you're normally known as, Cheryl Shaw, Kimberly Earle, welcome to you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Now, look, I know we've been very busy the last uh, couple of weeks. I wasn't here last week, but I've heard the phones were really busy so if you missed out on getting your call through 49216216 call in uh, nice and early so we can get to you Uh, otherwise we will have a look at some of the topics that we might do Cheryl you've got a fantastic brooch on some scissors we're talking
1: grooming we're talking grooming and grooming older pets which is really important to make sure they're groomed carefully and um And correctly Good
0: one Because I could imagine A lot of people Sort of shy away From getting the uh, Older pets groomed Where they probably Need it more than ever Absolutely And Kimberly What
2: have you got For us today Uh, Well I think we'll talk About uh, microchipping Some of our pets And why it's really Important to keep Your microchip details Up to date And also microchipping Some of our little Exotic pets as well There you
0: go A little later on as well We will look at Our dog of the week But Cheryl Right now Mm. We're talking about How important grooming is And for
1: our senior dogs as well that's right Sarah I thought I'd mention it today because a lot of people don't realize that as dogs age they need to change what they've normally been having as a haircut so you you need to think about if you've liked your dog being fluffy and really you know having a longer coat As they age, they really can't tolerate being brushed. You know, they get a little bit like, you know, a little bit cranky and some will get a little bit snappy. And so for the homeowner as well, if they choose to have that coat shorter, they're going to find that their dog's going to be a lot more comfortable. And we do call it comfort grooming for older dogs. So we take the hair shorter, and doesn't necessarily have to be super short, but short enough that they can manage at home and that the dog is still comfortable. Because if the dog's requiring lots of um, combing or brushing and it's not tolerant that's going to really sort of you know put a a relationship strain there for the dog and the Mm. owner because they just can't brush it but we need to make sure that there's no matting there because any matting is going to pull on the skin and as dogs age their skin also like humans becomes a lot more frail and it's not quite as healthy and and so we just want to make sure that there's no matting there. Another thing is that um, I often say to people: make sure you have your senior dog groomed early in the morning after they've rested, because the dog is sort of a lot, um, you know, a lot easier. That's a really good point. Yeah, and. You know, you need to find a groomer who doesn't overhandle the dog. You need to have a groomer that can execute the groom quickly, but obviously carefully and with, you know, lots of consideration to the dog. But sometimes people move dogs around too much. And, you know, these dogs often have arthritis. They have underlying health conditions. They're sore. They don't want to be moved. So making sure that you're just, you know, having a lot of consideration to the age and what health um, problems that dog may have as well. Another thing that um, sometimes people don't think about... and it's um, Poodles in particular, they'll they'll have a poodle and they say, oh, I want poodle feet. Now, poodle feet are great because they tend not to bring um, the moisture inside. So when it's like our weather we've been experiencing, yeah, the yes. dogs don't track water inside. But the problem is as dogs age and often their, their digits or their toes have arthritic conditions. And so trying to splay those toes out to get the clipper in between them to shave can be really, really painful for the dog. Um, so I tend to, you know, sort of talk to people about that. Try to then have it like a teddy bear foot, or maybe you know a pussy cat foot, rather just scissored rather than clippered because the clippers can actually irritate. Just the vibration of the clipper can make the dog feel really you know sort of very very sore, and um, and then they'll pull against the the hand that's holding them, and you know old dogs can be quite stiff, and um, we just don't want to be moving them all the time. And because a
0: lot of their senses are, are, are not what they once were. Yes. Um, I even know with Gizzy trying to brush him now he can't see as well, he can't hear as well. They are certainly more anxious and I guess you just don't want that level of anxiety yeah. uh, to be there. How do you find
1: going in the grooming process with the senior dogs? Do they tolerate it quite well? Yeah, well, as I said, I think you just got to be really... Um efficient in what you're doing so you know bathing and drying has to be done with consideration as well um, because you know all dogs need to be bathed and dried before they're groomed so you just think about the dog there's a lot going on for it it's like a physical workout because is. you yeah. know you're bathing and drying so that there's all of that touching and then you when you're grooming you're actually and bathing and drying you're lifting legs you know you're lifting tails up and down side to side their head up and down side to side there's so much of a workout going on so we need to give them sometimes. That a break in between you know their bathing and drying give them a little rest and then start your grooming process because it is a lot to ask them to stand for a considerable time dogs like um, cocker spaniels as well often they have and other dogs with really heavy pendulous ears it's a good idea to have them shaven so that they've not got that weight but also it means at home or in the salon that they're not going to be spending so much time getting dried and so all of these things you know considering what the dog's all about you know it shouldn't be just about you know the vanity and you know so we've got a comfort think, yeah we've got to think totally of comfort um another thing with dogs too and, and this goes for a lot of breeds like kimberly with your dog a golden retriever as they age in particular they can find it very difficult if they have hairy pads to get up mm-hmm. off the floor and so they'll be slipping and sliding yeah. i mean they don't have yeah. zimmer frames so they can't walk very well <laughs> yeah that's exactly right. so um, we've got to try to to think about how we can um a, a, you know, help them to to raise from the floor so they're not skidding and sliding. So, you know, paying attention to those pads is really good. And their nails as well, because if those nails are long, there's no way they're going to be able to stand easily. They're just going to slide out on the edge with those nails. So I think there's a lot of things we can adapt and we've got to just keep evolving with grooming. You know, as our dogs age, just think about it. We don't have that pretty little fluffy anymore. We've still got a dog we love, but we've got to change and modify how we groom it and, you know, keeping things... Um, easy even with the shorter coats sometimes you may think oh okay I'll put a, a jacket on the dog because it may be getting cold we also need to make sure during the warmer part of the day you remove that jacket and give the skin a bit of time to have some air on it so it breathe. doesn't become all manky and also a light brush over just so the th- compression of the fur that is there doesn't cause it to mat some really good points and Cheryl in
0: those colder months still really important to to keep up to date with the grooming oh as absolutely
1: well. and probably more so in an older dog because you need mm-hmm. that skin to be really clean because otherwise it can become quite smelly and not as healthy so you know washing it drying it properly it's very important
0: it is pet chat and the reason why we're having a giggle sharon from cardiff welcome now you've got a kitten that's acting aggressively we just need to clarify is that
3: towards your grandchildren or grand kitten no 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 uh, grand kitten is older it's five and a half months old okay now have just got a kitten that's Eight weeks old, it was uh, down on the side of the road, so I don't know if they would dump as babies and that, wow. so he knows what to do. Now he's just getting used to our house now. Um, the five-month-old one, Sylvester, just wants to sniff his bottom and bite him.
2: Okay, so we've got we've got an older kitten who's five months and a young, young kitten who's of questionable upbringing let's say could be a semi-feral or a feral and the older kitten is being is being attacked by the younger kitten yes okay right so tricky situation first of all they probably haven't been together for very long and so cats take time to get used to each other I would always give them a period of time separate, so where you're going to take the newest little kitten and put it in a separate space with a separate food and water dish, separate litter trays, and um, probably some nice um, feline pheromone products that are going to try to help reduce anxiety. And you just want these kittens to get used to each other through the door so that they can hear each other, smell each other, but not have any negative or positive interactions at this stage, but particularly not have any negative interactions and then we're going to start slowly allowing them a little bit more freedom with each other under close supervision. The thing we have to understand is that cats don't always like other cats and there may not be a lot you can do about it. Um, Cat behavior is quite different to dog behavior and with most dogs you'll be able to you know, slowly acclimatize them to each other to a point where they might tolerate each other if not love each other. Um, but cats are not always as easy to please. They're more solitary, aren't they, cats? They can be, yeah. And and cats make a really distinct um, definition between a cat that they like, who they'll consider in their own cat family, and who they don't consider in their cat family. And it can be really, oh. really stressful. Um, and, you know, I, I get clients all the time that will say, well, the cats will sit on the lounge together and they don't hiss or fight at each other. And I'll tell them, but do they groom each other? And she said, oh, no, they never do that. They always sit with their backs to one another. And those cats are actually acting very passive aggressive. And that's actually cats who are not enjoying each other's company. They might be tolerating them, tolerating each other, but they're not really friends. Um, And so that can lead to a lot of anxiety and things like that. Now, we have to remember that kittens are kittens and kittens learn about their environment by play fighting and wrestling and biting and scratching. And so it's hard to say without seeing the actual behavior, there will be some degree of normal behavior in there probably. But um, we need to be really careful if there's actual, you know, aggression. And, And I'm always worried if you've had a kitten who has not been socialized up until that point that... Um, that Sharon has gotten her, you know, it can be hard because if they've never had social interaction with anybody but their own mother and their litter, um, that can be really tricky. Kimberly,
0: once a cat makes up its mind that, you know, it it doesn't like another cat, it's Mm -hmm. not in their family, doesn't include it, can the mind be changed? Can it change its mind or is it very hard to then? It is
2: pretty hard. It can happen um, and we see that happening when people do bring in new cats uh, into a household where they've got an older cat and initially the older cat is, you know, very un, um, intolerant sometimes or just very standoffish. And over time, as the younger cat gets older and learns a little bit more normal cat behavior and like works out where its place in the family is, quite often those older cats will start to accept them. And that period of time or that transition can take, you know, six to eight weeks sometimes. Okay. Um, but I absolutely have people where, you know, the cats have been living in a state of like calm anger for many many years Um, and it can cause physical health problems in cats we see um, you know stress-induced cystitis in cats we see over grooming Um, we certainly do see you know cat fight abscesses from time to time things like that but in a home situation it's the real passive aggressive cat Um, you know you you have to look very closely and probably have somebody guide you through what you're actually watching um, you know to sort of understand sometimes that your cats actually really don't like each other very much Um, and that's It's pretty stressful. Well,
0: thank you for the call, Sharon. 49216216 is our number. It's Pet Chat. We're going to pop on a bit of Spandau Ballet. When we come back, though, we've been sent an email. Uh, You can do the same via the 2NURFM website, 2NURFM.com.au, if you click on Pet Chat. We have had Tom uh, send us in an email to the Pet Chat page. Now, he has a long-haired kitten, and he thought that if he started grooming said kitten from the get-go that, you know, She'd get used to it. But it's not going so well. So his question is, firstly, Cheryl, you, do you groom cats?
1: I don't do cats. You don't do no, cats? No, because often cats need to have sedation and so they need to go off to see their veterinarian. Cats really, you know, there's that two or three patch you can get on a cat and next minute they swipe you or bite you. Mm. Well, when you're trying to groom, that's often what happens. And a lot of groomers who groom cats end up in hospital with abscesses and, and um, need to be on oh my gosh. antibiotics. And, really? and the cat bites are really dangerous yeah. actually so that's they the don't reason. like it no, they, do not like they don't it. like okay. it so it's best for a cat to go off and um, have a veterinarian do them yes that's where <laughs> we <Kimberly>. come in <laughs> yeah
2: so we do do cat grooming we call it when we discuss um, these things with clients we sort of say we do sort of an industrial style grooming and so most of the time the cats do require sedation or in some cases a full anesthetic sometimes the cats are so angry that we can't even touch them you know without you know without some restraint to get the um injections into them to get them sleepy um and so what we would typically do then is sedate or anesthetize the cat um obviously we have a nurse monitoring them and then pretty well we're shaving them down. Um, and it's it's always the long-haired cats, right? And unfortunately, what happens is that people leave it a long time, and so quite often they've got a, a, a carpet of fur. Um, and there's just no way that we can do anything but shave them down pretty well straight to the skin. We do try to use a longer blade than a surgical blade. So a surgical blade is a 40, and we try to use a 10. So you get a little bit extra length there. Um, But it's one of the things that, you know, that we do on a regular basis. So um, these cats, um, they often tolerate it really well, obviously, once they're sleeping. And usually it's the whole body. We often have to take the tail, but sometimes we can leave the tail long. We usually try to leave the face long. Sometimes they get lovely little um, uh, leg warmer type, you know, feet, depending. Um, And so that requires them to obviously, because we're giving them drugs, we need to do a health check on them. Um, you know, we want to ideally um, consult with the clients and make sure that we know that the cat doesn't have any underlying um, heart problems, those sorts of things as well. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Kimberly, I was going to
0: ask, I haven't been a cat owner for a very long time mm-hmm. and I just thought most cats groomed themselves. So when, obviously, we don't want to be going and getting them groomed uh, if it's not necessary. Right, yeah. Um, because it's obviously yeah. quite stressful, but certainly there sounds
2: like there are breeds that do need to be yeah. groomed. So it's our long-haired cats in particular and, and absolutely, Tom, getting your cat used to being brushed from a young age is really, really um, helpful and beneficial. And some cats love it. But other cats, you know, cats are persnickety. We've already discussed that today. Some cats just never get used to it. Or sometimes they were used to it. And then we got a little bit lazy or we got a little bit busy with life. It's not necessarily lazy. And the mats started forming. And then we've tried to brush or pull the mats out. And so the cat has then decided that, no, I'm not up for this anymore. Um, And so, you know, certainly starting out early. But what we really find, it's often our senior cats that have problems as well. So when you're older as a cat or a dog, your back can sometimes start to get sore and stiff and it can be really hard to turn around almost, you know, from your head end all the way to your tail and your bum end um, and to start grooming yourself because cats usually do a pretty good job of grooming themselves. But if it hurts your back to reach there, then they often, you know, just stop. stop. And so it's one of the things that we look for when we do our clinical exams on these guys um, and some of them are are uncomfortable enough that even under the sedation, when I, you know, give a little sort of pinch on either side of the spine or put a bit of pressure on either side of the spine, they'll react. And you can say, yep, yeah, this cat, you know, has a sore back. Yeah. And that's important because then we can do things to try to help them. We can make them, um, you know, we can give them medications or we can put them on supplements that might help with that and might improve the cat's ability to groom themselves. But it also, for some of those cats, it's just going to be, listen, we're going to need to do this three times a year to keep your cat healthy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's really important. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Do you
0: find with uh, many dogs, Cheryl, that they do require to go uh, to the vets to be under sedation? Yeah,
1: we don't have a lot that we refer off. Mostly you can manage them, but there are some dogs that are just yet. They just require a bit of assistance so that the, the groomer doesn't get bitten and also it's um, a lot easier for the dog just to cope because mm. some anxiety in dogs is really high and, yeah. um, and also the pain factor for, you know, mm-hmm. Depending on on what their problems are
2: And and we've talked about it I think before That anxiety, particularly in dogs Anxiety gets worse as you get older It doesn't get better, it gets worse So a dog who as a five, six, seven year old dog Was tolerating grooming May not tolerate it very much And it doesn't, uh, as a 13 year old dog And it doesn't mean that they've had a bad experience Necessarily at the groomer It just means that their generalised state of anxiety Is increasing And so those are the ones that again That we sometimes get in and we sedate them
0: We know with ourselves that anxiety grows the older you get like my fear of flying it's not getting any better it's getting worse and i think everyone has something they (laughs) can relate to that goes yeah it does seem to just exacerbate the older you get so we can understand that okay look we're going to have a quick break when we come back kimberly uh we do have a call we'll get to you of course we will and kimberly we're going to have a chat about microchipping. Yes. And yeah. even exotic animals.
2: Absolutely. We've had some strays recently that um, would have been really
0: helpful to have microchips on them. Okay. And, of course, we will do our Dog of the Week for Pet Chat on 2 RFM. We've got Pam from Cessnock calling in. Pam, welcome mm-hmm. to the show. What's your question for Kimberly today? Oh, hello, Pam, are you there? Hello.
3: hello. Hello. What's your question for Kimberly? Hi, Kimberly. I've got a nine-year-old Japanese chin. And um, for about the last uh, four months, he hasn't been able to jump down off the lounge. He can get up and that. And unfortunately, we we had to put his sister to sleep um, in December and um, he grieved badly and everything seemed to happen around the same time. But he got groomed yesterday and... Um, with the Japanese chin with the long hair down the back, we'd never noticed it before, but um, we had his, the hair clipped quite short yesterday, and the groomer was sitting having a drink with me, and he walked away from us, and she said, look at his leg, and with every step he takes, it looks as though his back right leg is dislocating and going back and popping and, back oh, and Okay. And yeah.
2: and is he lame when he just walks or does he?
3: No, it, no. Okay. it doesn't. It doesn't seem to worry him except for the fact that he can get up money. on the lounge, but he mm-hmm. won't get. He won't jump down.
2: So so that's not likely to be the same problem because when they jump up, they push off with the back legs, but when they jump down, they're landing and putting all the weight on the front. front. and so that's probably maybe not related it might just be that we're just generally sort nine years old is you know starting to get into our senior years so maybe we've just decided we don't like to jump off or or we might not feel comfortable balancing but the the um, issue of the dislocating um, is interesting so there's, there's a couple different things that could be happening there and it depends a little bit whether it's happening from the hip joint up near the back or if it's happening from the knee joint which we call the stifle In the, It looks more like from the knee, from the knee. So yep. the two things that I'd be thinking of, one would be um, a luxating patella, the patella is the kneecap and yep. we can get it luxating or dislocating usually inwards where it sort of slips out of its groove and goes inwards yep. and that will often cause that sort of um, a look and sometimes we'll see little dogs that will walk pretty normally but every once in a while they pick up a leg and they sort of skip on it like they can't put it down and that's actually because it sort of locks into place while that um, patella has sort of slipped out of where it's meant to be and then the sort of the muscle contracts just right and it goes back in. But the other thing that can be happening would be um, a cruciate ligament injury. Um, So in humans, we call it the ACL. Everybody knows it because all the footballers get that injury. But it's also the most common injury that we see in dogs. And it's not actually an injury as much. In dogs, we know that it's a degenerative process. And so we'll get a lot of these uh, little dogs where that ligament will give way. And it does make for a very unstable knee. Now, if the dog is relatively small and not too fat and things like that, he might be getting around with it um, pretty well. Um, However, that joint with both of those conditions, but particularly with the cruciate ligament rupture, um, that joint is likely to to develop quite significant arthritis. So, um, you know, it's potentially that you've just noticed it yet, like you said, because the fur has been clipped and now you can see it. But it's probably worthwhile mentioning to your vet and maybe just having him checked out um, because we can actually present prevent excuse me some of the uh, secondary arthritic changes from building up by doing surgery to stabilize that joint and quite often um, you know sometimes little dogs are very stoic and they don't actually show you how uncomfortable they are but with a little bit of um, educated sort of manipulation we can actually identify that that could be a very sore joint so you know it's not an emergency but it's definitely worthwhile um, you know getting getting him checked out and having a little bit of a, a chat with your vet about whether there's anything of concern there.
3: Could a knee problem be causing him to stop jumping?
2: an ear problem, maybe if there's a balance issue is possible. Um, But it's also like we were talking about um, earlier that a bit more anxiety as he's getting older, he might just be, um, you know, not wanting to jump off. So or maybe if he's got some arthritis building up in the shoulders and the elbows might be happening as well.
0: Okay. Look, thank you very much for the call, Pam. 49216216 if you do have a question for Kimberly. Kimberly, talking about microchipping um, our animals, we hear it often but it Mm -hmm. really
2: could reunite you with a pet if, if one goes missing. <laughs> Absolutely. So we know that in um, in New South Wales and most of Australia microchipping is mandatory in our dogs and our cats. Um, and that's pretty standard. I mean it's, it's rare that we find a dog or a cat that hasn't been um, microchipped. However um, we can also microchip some of our exotic pets. And so I would always recommend people who have um, a pet bird, a pet rabbit to think about getting the microchip. And the reason for that is we actually get a lot of strays, particularly stray birds. Um, but we do get stray rabbits from time to time. And if we had a microchip in those pets, we could just scan them, look the details up and go, guess what? Your bird's been brought into us or your rabbit's been brought into us. And we've had two birds recently brought into our hospital, um, a galah and a lorikeet, both of which were clearly not wildlife. And. Um, And we have no way to get them back to their owners. I mean, we post things on various Facebook pages and other, you know, community pages and things like that. Um, We've notified local bird rescue groups and and the, the birds are in care with them at the moment. But it's really simple to put a microchip into them, Have and we a phone can number, do it. Get a That's right, yeah. and we can do it into little tiny birds. So my little um, pearly, my pearly conure, sorry, is a sixty-five gram bird and has a mini microchip in. Um, oh wow! And so we can do it into really small animals as well. Same with pythons, because the amount of times I see a lost python <laughs> on a <Yeah>. Facebook buy, <laughs> or swap group is insane. Yeah, certainly possible. <laughs> I've never done one into a python, but certainly possible. Um, you know, certainly rabbits is really easy stock standard with birds we do have to anesthetize them to put the microchip in it but it's a very short anesthetic procedure uh, and has very minimal risk unless they're already unwell and we probably wouldn't do it if they're unwell we'd get them well first and then yes. do it so you know my general recommendation for new bird owners is Get yourself a health check and get yourself a microchip into your bird. And that's really important for not only our wildlife species, but, um, you know, for our tropical you know birds as well. Anything that's more valuable in Australia, the only way to prove ownership really is by being able to say that you've got a microchip um, in that patient so that's true. registered to you. Because leg bands... Can be cut off very easily, and in fact, Same we colours, recommend we recommend cutting leg bands off of birds because they injure birds a lot. We get lots and lots of yeah. broken legs from that. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so something to think about. Um, it's not too hard to do, um, and just always remember: if you do find a pet bird or a stray bird that you think is um, a pet take it into a vet hospital and ask them to scan it for a microchip um, because there might be one. We do put microchips in my practice. We put microchips into birds on a weekly basis, but uh, they're not a tracking device, so we still need to get them scanned by somebody.
0: Really good advice. Let's go to a final caller. Cherie in Duns Creek,
3: your
2: pooch is eating dirt.
3: Yes. Yes, he is being a
2: rotten sort. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> isn't dirt tasty? My dog is digging dirt. Um, yeah, dirt's a funny one, isn't it? That why do they eat dirt? So there's lots of different reasons, and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything whatsoever lacking in the diet, but yep. dogs have a very keen sense of smell. Um, we've had dogs who eat dirt. They dig up um, holes and stuff like that to get to the grubs underneath the soil. If you've put down any um, uh, bone meal, anything like that, blood and bone meal, they'll dig that up and eat that for sure compost all sorts of things because their noses are just so much more sensitive than us that they can smell if there's something underneath there that's you know quite tasty Um, and then we get lots and lots of dogs that think that just dirt you know rocks we get rock eaters and dirt eaters and you know there might have been a little pebble or somebody's dropped an apple core and buried it or cat poo you know cats love to bury their poo and the dog's gonna go and dig it back up and eat it so it doesn't necessarily mean that there's any kind of a problem except for you yep. who has to deal with the holes in the <laughs> and the dirt yeah, and the and the black like, poo. <laughs>
3: yeah, oh well, he's getting older. That's why I thought it might have been like a mineral thing. Yeah. I'm guessing it's about 12 to
2: 14. Okay, yeah. So, you know, again, cognitive decline or dementia in dogs will sometimes cause them to do a little bit of weird stuff. And That's I would I look at the diet and make sure that, you know, we are getting um, a, a good balanced diet into. We will occasionally see deficiencies if people are just feeding a home cooked diet and the dog no. isn't getting any. any you know uh, uh, processed dog food but if that's not the case then it's probably just a little bit of you know dogs a little bit funny and and we do know that um, or we do believe that dogs can not necessarily lose their sense of smell the way human dementia patients do but maybe it changes so maybe there's just something else that he's just decided he's gone oh that smells yummy let's go have so a it day. won't hurt him
0: to be
3: yeah, eating a bit of dirt. Yeah he keeps going back to virtually the same beach ball sized patch of area.
2: Yeah so there'll be something there so I wouldn't say it won't hurt him because occasionally we'll get people who will you know they'll put a new um, lot of blood and bone meal down through the garden um, or compost and those sorts of products if they get a lot of it could potentially make them sick but if it's just a one area and there's nothing that's been recently put there it's highly unlikely so yeah.
0: Oh well there you go Sheree. thank you so much for the call and being our final caller today. Look before we go I do need to mention our dog of the week pandora a four-month-old wolfhound uh cross staffy girl pup now she's been uh, responding to a name so she's been doing some basic training she knows how to come she's learning to sit she does have a brother that i know that they are uh quite close but whether you're in the market for two dogs <laughs> <laughs> i do believe she she can go on her own as well she is a friendly happy little girl she gets on very well with people and uh dogs as well. Uh, Mm. So look, she is a pup. She's going to have a lot of energy. She loves being around people. She will need to be uh, inside sometimes. And of course,
2: she will need a backyard. So no Mm. apartment. She's going to be a big dog looking at her. She She... looks a bit like a a Doberman sort of cross. something, does, not she? she? Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to be a big dog. So somebody who wants to do some exercising and running and who has got a big yard. That'll be good.
0: Yeah, definitely. And she's not dissexed yet, uh, but she will be available for adoption very soon. So if you're interested, please head to 2NURFM.com.au, click on the pet show page. And that's it for us, Cheryl Kimberley. Thank you. We're done for today. Hello to Kimberley's (laughs) mum in Fort St. John. Yes, got Uh, it. Hello.